Welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. And each week we pick a Rancid song and talk about it and our complicated feelings about Rancid. Um, this week's a little bit different though because I had a pick and then Sam wouldn't let me make that pick. <laughs> and uh, we decided, we, well, he, told, he told me to pick out the best song from... Let the dominoes fall. I just about said roll the dice again. Um, and so originally, I we picked different songs. He picked up to no good. I picked you want it, you got it. Further consideration, it's pretty obvious. And, and this was my gut pick, but I made this whole convoluted rating system and overthought this shit. Um, so we're just going to do up to no good because that's the best song. Because it's just the, the only listenable song on the <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the song this week is Up to No Good from Let the Dominoes Fall. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No one is safe here. We're all in danger. In that corridor, I see a stranger. Robbing a rat circuit. I feel a lock Lock your doors now. I hear a knocking. Up to no good. Up to no good. Like a spark on wire. Lost spinner of wood. Best of teachers get misunderstood. But that motherfucker is up. So, Let the Dominoes Fall is, what, Rancid 7, number of the seventh album, came out in June of 2009, uh, which was, what, six years after, it had been six years between. Pretty big gap, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's written by Tim, Lars, and Matt. Uh, well, and no. I guess, and Brett got. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, written by Rancid and Brett Gerwitz. Does that mean that Brandon... Because Brandon's the drummer on this one. It's Brett true. left, right? Yeah, so. so this is the first record. There's a lot of differences with this one. So Brett Reed had left the, the band, and they obviously had kind of gone fallow into personal projects. Like, this was when Tim's solo album, this is the, the two Lars albums had come out. Yeah. And so it seemed a little bit like getting the band back together, but part of that was introducing Brandon, the new drummer, who had been previously in The Used, I believe. I think so, yeah. And... um. And then, yeah, this track, which I hadn't noticed until I was doing show notes, was actually written alongside Brett Gerowitz. And I wonder if some of the musicality of some of the arrangement in this is coming from Brett. Like, like they had the core song and then he did arrange. I, it's hard to believe that Tim wrote the string arrangements, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, like I think that, but then Tim surprises me. It's true. Like, it's you, very you, true. And, and so there's also, oh, and I think notable guest musician oh, yeah. is Booker T. So, yeah, I mean, um, on basically like a Wurlitzer or yeah. something. Yeah. So, um, the song, it's kind of, it's basically in that sort of ska. It's more like the Outcome the Wolves ska vein more than I life feel like it's white. Nike, none of their ska before. That's what I found very interesting hmm. about this track is to me, this feels more two tone madness specials. Yeah. And the thing that it keeps coming to mind, I'm no expert, so I might be wrong. I'd, I'd wonder, <laughs> I wonder if you think this is. I kept thinking about like the brightness of a like Elvis Costello song. Like, I can see a, like that. an early Elvis Costello I can kind, see that. kind of like very up, you know, kind of yeah. like modish ska song, you know. Yeah, I can see that. No, I think that's a pretty good call. Um, yeah, I'm, the more I listen to it, like I think I I feel like it genuinely it's like a good rancid song it's not like a good for this album song yep it's like i mean it's not like a top 10 rancid song. no not all but, but it, it's 
it, it's it, it's good. It's good, and it feels different in a way that, like, again, they haven't. I don't know. It's it's kind of almost. I hate to say this, like almost a novelty song in its yeah. in its construction. But I I kind of dig it. You know, like like it's got this kind of hook that is like the rhythm of the up to no good song. Like the the chorus of it is like so. Um, Fun and poppy. It's like they got that, and then like, oh, we could write a yeah, really up around Scott it. song around yeah. it, you know. And I wonder if that's. I could also see that, like where Brett came in. Like, yeah, they maybe. came. They in. They came in. They like we got this great thing, and then, um, and if you want, you know, and it's interesting. We there's so there's a documentary about it, which Sam sent me yesterday, <laughs> yesterday or two days ago. Um, but yeah, they made a making of documentary about this album, and I think in that, I mean, you can see there are many parts where like how involved Brett is. Um, in all sort of facets of... It was a little wild, like, how much he's a an extra member and why they, like, kind of love him and all these things. But almost to a point of, like, he's kind of a know-it-all and, like... Yeah. it's You wonder, like... <laughs> and, and also, he was picking the tracks that actually went on this album, which is funny for future discussions about, like, why, why some of these tracks that they picked, but... I mean, well, yeah, we can get into that. that. Yeah. I, well, and there was at one point, I think it was Lars said it, they, he said, you know, Brett is the fifth member of <laughs> Rancid. Yeah. And he's, you know, we don't say that lightly. You know, that's... Yeah, yeah he was very, he was very serious, serious about, about it. But, yeah. um, but I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't want to get too into this, but the documentary... God, it, it like made me... It, it made me really want to like the album more. Yeah, they, they're definitely like... A, it's appealing... But, like, in general, it also, to me, felt like... And we, we should talk a little bit about this album. Like, it, it's an album that I had no... I know I had dropped off, like, four songs into it when it right. came out, the year it came out. I was definitely not into Rancid at that time. Right. I've tried it a few times before this, this whole deep dive we did. And, um, you know, it holds up as being a really disjointed, passionless album that feels very, like, by the numbers. And it kind of made me think, like, did Tim just kind of go... I want to make a record again with you guys. We're going to make a record. We need to make a record. We got found the new drummer. Yeah. I'm going to, because it seems like they were writing the songs like the three weeks before they went to the studio. Like there wasn't like he had a bank of like a hundred songs he was ready to work on. It felt like there was like, okay, I got some sketches. And it was more like, we are going to make a record. And like, I have to make a record. You know what I mean? I'd be curious too. And I don't, and you know, again, if I was better at this, I would have researched this. But, um, you know, because talking about how the songwriting credits for this song, it's all of them. Mm-hmm. And watching that documentary, the whole, like, so much of the songwriting felt very collaborative. It did. It actually was interesting um, seeing that. Because I always think of it as, you know, there's Tim songs, there's Lars songs, there's Matt songs, which I, I don't know how... I, I don't know the dynamic of, like, if on the Matt songs, like Tenderloin or something, he is the yeah, like, one... Did he bring it to them? Right, or, or if it was, like... Like, in my mind, and this is totally unfair to Matt, but whatever, is that it's, like... Tim basically wrote the songs like, "Hey Matt, you're gonna, we're, you know, what do you oh, think?" Oh, interesting, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, bring some ideas to it, but it's mostly. Um, but any, but so on this, it makes me wonder if, because like I said in the documentary, yeah, it seemed like they didn't really have any songs until they decided to make they, a record. Like, they kind of camped out to make a record, and and then they were just kind of grouped doing it, and it, and that that's fine and interesting. I feel like. It didn't give them time away from the songs to go. Are these songs the ones worth recording? Right. They were it, like, "Well, we f- we got to twenty songs, you know, good for us." And it's like the quality. You didn't get that time to like go away from the song for a while and come back, you know. 
And I, yeah, and I wonder, I don't know how much, because they were doing so many side projects and solo records at the time, how much Rancid was touring and playing live together at that around then. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they are, is a live band. So if they, you know, when you think about the the run from Let's Go, Outcome the Wolves, and Life Won't Wait, like they were on the road the whole time. Yeah. And so all that material, I mean, it's born out of their all of that. And it... I think that is why, like, the songs are so much better. There's a tightness to them. There's, mm-hmm. And so it makes me wonder if there's not, there's, like, a lack of that that kind of led to the disjointedness. Because there's, uh, all of them are in so many different places of mm-hmm. solo records, other projects. That Living was, in different towns. I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, but, but this track is interesting because this track... I'm like, is Lars even on this track? Like, it feels like a Tim and Brett made this, like, thing that Booker can play on. (laughs) And then they got, like, all these, like, string players to come on. And, like, like it's very arranged. And and sort of, like, they had this perfect little pop nugget. And they were like, ooh, let's, let's, like, you know, blow the doors out. We're, We're recording at Skywalker Sound. You know, like, we... They, that that's the other thing about this record. It seems to be recorded in like ten different places. Yeah, well, and that comes through, you know, in the documentary. Yeah, and and that you know, and that was another thing that was interesting. And I think at least the disjointedness of it is how, you know, they recorded some of it live, but they like they were going all over the place doing overdubs and stuff. And it's like, but that's not what like Rancid is a live band. Like, yeah. I want, I don't. Want uh, that. The number one thing <laughs> I'll say about the record, we'll get into it if we get into the actual record, but like, uh, the. The vocals all are very passionless, and yeah. that that fact that they recorded them many many weeks later in a completely different studio, a much lower quality studio, from what I can tell, still probably nice and fine, right? But like it had that feeling of like, okay, how would you how would you get that passion if especially a band like Rancid? Mm-hmm. Like I, the other bands totally make sense, you know. Radiohead does this, I'm sure, you know right. what I mean. But like. It's 50 different takes and it's, you know. Right. But something about that didn't seem to fit with Rancid to me. And and it just, it felt like they were excited to be making a record. And they were like jamming together really well. And again, I think a lot of these tracks have really good bones. And then something happens in the track that just, just like blows it up. <laughs> Maybe it's Brett. Maybe all the bad ideas. Brett. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, that's probably unfair. But... but um, <laughs> But the truth is, like, there's, it's kind of the thing of sometimes we talk about a good song and it's kind of hard to talk about a, a kind of a flawless song. In my mind, it's kind of a flawless song where it's just like, this is just a really good up ska song that has some just really wild, like, um, pretty wild instrumentation. And it just, it has, it's so bouncy and fun. And, like, you kind of wish that this was the actual, like, lead single or something because... Yeah, if I had like associated this song with the record, I might have a slightly different feeling about it. So how so how do you feel about like the vocal performance on this song? We kind of talked about it on the record in general, but I wonder, do you think that passionless lack of enthusiasm carries into this song just as much? In memory of it, I don't. I actually think he's he's singing a little bit more. Like he's kind of acting on this song, you know. Like it's almost like a yeah. um, a musical theater song because he's like, <laughs> like it really is, like like it, like this has this like um, formula to it, right? Like he's just saying, 
here's this crazy person who's up to no good and it's like like a spark on a wire splinter in wood best intentions get misunderstood and i love the line of but that motherfucker is up to no good and most of the song is just saying up to no good like over and over right and i just love the idea of sort of like side-eyeing this guy and being like look it's easy to misinterpret people but that fucker is up to no good and that's such a funny like kind of meaningless thing right the, you know, ranks that have this great way of like working in motherfucker in like the best way. You're thinking of, I, you know, I still like, I, I said it in was the second episode that I'm a bad motherfucker on yeah, Blood yeah, Clot yeah. is one of my favorite moments of any rancid song ever. But yeah, no, I I mostly agree. I don't know. I think he sounds, I think, I, I think he is the acting thing is a good call, but he does still seem good. Very, seem it's still pretty like low. I'm just energy. talking into a mic. Yeah. yeah like. And, and, I mean, and not that I think of Tim Armstrong as like this, you know, he's not like Bob Dylan lyricist or anything. I think that he writes some pretty good lyrics, but these lyrics kind of suck. I, I kind of, like, again, I think that this, you know, something we'll have to get into one day is Tim did that, like, musical theater thing with Davey Havoc and Lars where, like, <laughs> they did, like, a like a whole... That's pl- true, like, yeah. You know, that, and it's around the same time, and I, like... That's a good point, I forgot about that. I wonder if this that. is from that same thing because you're right like I think if you come at this from like it's more of a pop song that's about this kind of hook and yeah it, it kind of has more this formula of like silliness and um, like it's not really trying to say anything but it's trying to kind of like invoke this fun idea of like just this up to no good kind of like holy shit this guy and, you know I mean literally this whole song is like look at this guy which is such a dumb thing, but I, I don't know, like, I agree, like, this is nowhere near the top of, like, to put some perspective on it, like, this is nowhere near the top of any list of Rancid sure. ska songs or Rancid songs in general. But as a clean, fun pop song that jumps off the record in compared to everything else on this record, I, I would pretty strongly say, like, this was my pick from, like, the first pass through the record, and it's been my pick the whole time. Like, it just, it feels so... I don't know, so fun. And then, I mean, getting into the, like, it kind of has this back half um, uh, jam with Booker on it, and it's, like, really fucking fun. Yeah, that, that's, to me, that's the best part of this. Or my, I, I mean, well, the hook is great, the chord, but I love that. I, like, genuinely love that part. His, like, little lead he does at the end. And when they do that, because it's actually sequenced, like, I think it's a key change, right? Like, they like mm-hmm. when it, it does an amazing key change, and then... Which is like a Ransom key change. Doing a key a, cha- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ransom doing a key change alone is like, how many times does that happen? And so it's such a like a nice little downshift that happens. And he it kind of sets up that little moment for Booker to kind of do his like lead. And it's nothing complicated, of course, because if he had come in and done anything complicated, it kind of wouldn't fit the song. Right. But right. like you still go, Ooh, this is not Vic Ruggiero. Like, you know, like, yeah. I like Vic Ruggiero a lot. Right, but, like, but, like... It's obvious that it's like, oh, this is This is somebody out. real, yeah. yeah. And this so is... you're like, oh. And then you look it up and it's Booker T, you yeah. know, and, like, there's... Oh, shit. And there's like uh, there's like uh, string instruments on this and all this stuff. And again, I 
I don't know. Like, it, there's not. It's cotton candy. There's not a lot here, but but cotton candy is good sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's you just know? like it's kind of a new thing. Like, how often does Tim just write a fun pop song? That's not a like that felt like a was slightly a, different to me. Again, if I was better at this, I would have researched this. It was like when was he writing songs for Pink? Uh, two thousand three, around Indestructible. Okay, so I was. But even I'm that the, Pink song sounds like a rancid song. It I doesn't mean, it does. sound like a. I mean, it, it, it's right. like very all the Pink songs, especially the big one that like got him a Grammy. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Pink doing a rancid. Song. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, I mean, it, it is, but basically. but this feels more like. Tim doing an Elvis Costello ska song. Yeah. Like, so it's like, there's, I think there's points given for stepping out of even his normal mode with a ska song, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think, like, one of the biggest compliments I could give this song is that, like, if this was on Life Won't Wait, it wouldn't feel out of place. Yeah. Or even, like, like, you know, Indestructible is not as good as the but I mean but the like, cleanliness of it almost fits Indestructible a little bit more right? yeah but and, and if it was on Indestructible it would be one of the best songs on Indestructible too it would be like top it'd be right in the middle yeah exactly. like, I, I think it'd fit just fine so I I mean yeah I like I said I my gut told me this was the song from the beginning and I just I as I tend to do with everything, I totally overthought it. I love that. Like, you <laughs> went with the classic, like, I'm going to do a bunch of... Because if people don't remember, you know, the core thing was find the best song on this and on this record. And we both immediately, as the nerds we are, went into <laughs> spreadsheet mode and just started scoring the songs. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you scored on all these different axes, right. which always ends up uh, overweighting one. But um, what, what did you pick originally? You picked, um, what was it called? You wanted, you got it. Which I can barely remember right now what that is, but it, it's like it's one of the more inoffensive songs on that. And, I, and and you know the reason I picked that one is because the there was actual energy on it, like yeah. that. That's kind of what skewed the rate the rating for it because yeah, yeah. it like even the vocal takes and stuff. Yeah, was, I they, can see that. They felt more engaged than the rest of the record. Like when I mean, it wasn't you know let's go era energy passion, yeah, 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 but yeah. It, it sounded you know. But the and the thing that from the moment I was thinking of it, I mean that Matt verse is so bad on that song. So yeah, um, this I is a, this is just Tim. I mean, I think you, there is you can hear Lars. I think like on the chorus um, a I, little bit. But. In general, this record something just to like sum up this record a little bit for for this episode is like after all this the thought you know we put into this record. It feels like a record they made because they wanted to make a record. Yeah. They feel like that's... they like feel very rich at this point and wanted to kind of make a big deal about going back into the studio with their new drummer and all these things. And it just, there wasn't enough there there. Well, and clearly, I mean, you know, they spent those six, I mean, not the entire six years in between because obviously it took a while to make this record, but doing all these other projects and writing songs for their own stuff. Yeah, and like Tim's solo record came out pretty close to this and it's like, that's a pretty solid Tim record. It's not yeah. it's, it's not a Rancid record in any way, but like that has the level of quality on that is so much higher oh, than this. Right. So you're like, he, did you already he use gave up all, all your yeah. <laughs> like this is the leftovers, and then yeah, I, and so and it had been a long time. It had been six years. It's a, I mean, it wasn't six years when they started making, but it had been you know like that's a long time for Rancid to not make a record. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good call out that they it feels like they just. just they felt like they need to make a record. 
that's okay. Yeah, it just, I think that's going to be a repeated thing as we go through these sort of latter period records where um, sort of it doesn't feel like it's coming from the same place. And I really do wonder, like, how, there's not a lot of Lars on this record. There's a ton of Matt, and it's also a Matt um, Defender's worst nightmare because it's almost all the Matt stuff is awful on this record. (laughs) And as a Matt Defender, it's kind of hard for me. I mean, there's there's a handful of, like, real Lars there's a handful, but it does not feel like... Think about it in Outcome the Wolves. Even Life of Weight is a weirdly, like, Lars-heavy record. But that's like the... That, and that was like the... Because Lars is, I feel like, not a big part of Rancid 2000. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, I'm trying to remember Indestructible. Per, and, and He's more on Indestructible. And he talks a lot about how Rancid, in the, in the interviews I've been watching with him recently, of, like, looking back, he talks a lot about how Tim's still the captain the whole time, and Absolutely. you're just mostly picking which tracks fit him and then he'll be like I want to write a song about this and then they'll write it together you know what I mean it isn't like there's a lot of just songs where is there any you know this would be an interesting thing well all of his solo records were produced and written with Tim right well and I was I'm just wondering you know because there's tons of songs even after Lars joined the band that Tim is the sole songwriter yes I don't think there's any that pure Lars Lars. no and this kind of goes back to if we want to go to some of our larger complicated feelings is it does seem like Tim's kind of a megalomaniac. Like, yeah. like Interrupters is a band I'm slightly getting into with Calvin, and like I, he's on he's got songwriting credits on every single song. Um, I just think that his like need to control and um, bring people into the family has a d- darker side of just like we're going to do the thing I want to do. You know what I mean? Right. And obviously there's a limit like i don't think those guys want to be on the transplant side of things all the time you know what i mean like he knows when to like pull off into his own space but like i i do wonder just how much reverence he gets from the songwriting perspective but then you watch how like i was really like i haven't listened to the acoustic version of this very much there's an entire record that's like weird adjusted acoustic it almost felt like they got better at some of these songs and they were like well we don't have time to re-record them we'll just record these acoustic versions for the second disc yeah and like they were talking on the record there was one guy being like yeah we got like very different takes and some of them are more passionate like you can even hear them saying like they were getting more into these songs as they were rewriting them for the acoustic version it would be yeah i mean it'd be interesting if they would have done it like re-recorded this album a year later yeah i wonder what would have gotten dropped what would have like come from well I mean because there's the part in that documentary where they talk about you know they came in with 27 songs I'm just making that yeah, yeah. But and then Brett picked the ones and then during that three weeks or whatever like they would come in at night and write a song acoustically and then the next day track yeah. it and they ended up with six more songs and so I wonder I don't know I mean and those maybe those were the worst songs I don't know <laughs> but it's the documentary just you know if the docu- they, they, you can tell that at least I, and it's I understand there's bias and it's the message they want, but you can just tell that these, at least like Tim, I feel like Tim and Lars, like they just genuinely like each other. Yeah, and all of them just like being together and doing this thing. Yeah, and like it feels like they were like, so we must go do this thing, but there wasn't a lot of there there. Yeah, and then what's weird is then they poured millions of dollars of production i mean the skywalker sound big room oh that's it's, i mean like you know like yeah. on top of these songs that don't have a lot of core you know and i just don't think they had a lot to say and 
they weren't vocally at their it's funny to talk about Rancid being vocally at their peak <laughs> but like I don't feel like any of them were vocally at their peak I think Lars has some pretty weak stuff I have Matt's a mess on this record and <laughs> as a guy who loves Matt well and 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 it's you know it, when it came out you could probably chalk that up to be like well it's you know they just lost like they're getting older but we were talking about that video clip of them playing the wrestling show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they sound good. Like, yeah, they vocally still, they tight. they still yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So, I, yeah, I I, it's a real oddity. The only other thing I'd say, like as like a takeaway, is we spent a lot of the last few weeks, or just the length of this podcast, talking about how there's been these hints at them trying new things, mm-hmm. and we're a little annoyed that they kind of regress from the apex of like let me go towards in our minds, more and more conservative stuff. I think, I mean, when we go into this record, I think... I don't think that's... I think that's wrong. I think we're wrong. And I think they tried a lot of things on this record specifically. I think they did on Indestructible Indestructible too. too, But, like, I think even more on this record. And they're just bad. Right, like, yeah, no, I I remember saying that. Whenever I started really listening to this record, when you kind of threw down that challenge, and I was having a conversation with my wife, who um, loves hearing about Rancid, let me tell you. Um, but I was saying, I was like, and I was telling her, you know, Sam and I have always talked about, it. we wish they would have kept going down that path of like experimenting. And, and I was like, I think they did. And I don't think they should. <laughs> like, it's, no, it's like, okay. And this is, and this is maybe why they didn't, but, or like why they kind of reverted back later. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, then there was like back to basic records yeah. after that. And it's like, Ooh, I don't want to tell them that, but I also don't want to tell them more of this, right? right. Like, like as a fan, I wonder what they think about this record. Maybe it was like a delight to record, and they yeah. got to step outside their normal modes, and they thought it was kind of like this flawed, fun thing. That like, I I wonder what the average, like who the average kid that got into them at Indestructible, what did they think of this record? Because I well, know it sold a lot. Uh, well, and if you looked at the reviews, they weren't no. horrible. They were like kind of bad. They're like, like, oh, oh yeah, back to the rest stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, like we, no, no, it's just, yeah. it's it's a mess. And so it's a real fun oddity to I would dive say, into it. I would say, and would, you know, and I think about this as a musician, my, you know, quote unquote, um, would you rather put out a record where you're trying a bunch of new shit and you're pushing yourself and it's not good? Versus just mailing it in and doing a mediocre, like, it's like, oh, it's fine. Same old, same old record. I'd rather do the former. Yeah. I, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of made me think a little bit different. Like, I don't think it's good. But I have this weird, like, well, they tried. They tried, and they <laughs> seem to be having fun. There's a little bit of, like, well, good for them. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, it's just, uh, it's just not, I don't know. It's It's a very flawed thing. And, and again, we did, there's not a lot to say about Up to No Good because it's kind of cotton candy. But I, I would encourage people to go listen to that one track and listen to the record and realize, like, for me, it just stands out. It's so yeah. vibrant and it's so... Yeah. It's kind of a little bit of a new and thing it's got Booker T on and it's it. it's got so. Booker T and it's kind of hard to complain about <laughs> yeah. a guy at the, you know, who's just... I mean, yeah, he's wildly great on this record. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I promise yeah. not to do that to you every week, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I gotta try to trip you up somehow. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. Well, yeah, I think that's good. Um, okay, so now it's my pick again because I didn't ever get to make a pick. Um, uh, so next week, so I figure we kind of need a palate cleanser. All right, a little bit. So we're gonna talk about nihilism. 
Oh, great. Wonderful. So, all right. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RancidPod. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you, Sam. Later. I like that we didn't even talk about that we were in the same room. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was that part at the end that we recorded? Because we could put that in the... Oh, yeah. Like at the beginning or the end. Or, or at the end. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. yeah.